welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, Thursday the 15th of February. So very happy Valentine's Day to you and whoever you celebrated it with. I'm sure the two men on the podcast have wined and dined their loved ones after quite a solid weekend of punting for the podcast. TC Edward Stone was back to his best last week, which I'm sure put a big smile to your face. Those front-running tactics really saw a, a new loose of life, I thought, in him, even though it was a weak enough contest, but you put him up at two to one. And I think plenty of podcast listeners must have followed you as we um, as we know he went off the world back to 11 to 10 favourites. That was great. But Ross, it's you who I want to turn to. You found the winner of the hottest handicap in Europe, as the spots like to call it, giving Nicky Henderson his sixth victory in the race. Iberico Lord, um, Lord uh, won the uh, Betfair hurdle. You tipped him at 11 to 2. He was really quietly smuggled into the race by Nico de Boinville, who was probably fresh, full of confidence from that victory on Shishkin. So pleasing day for you. And I, I suppose you probably got a lot of, of joy seeing an old friend in Shishkin winning in the way he did. So it must have been plenty of chocolates and roses for your loved ones yesterday. Yeah, it was it was it was a good weekend, Jess. Having had I mean, uh, the nap was hasting that started the day off fairly put me in a bit of a bad mood, I have to say. Quintara then finished second, and I just had flashbacks to the Saturday before, and I thought it could just be a day where we rattled the crossbar. But Nico de Boinville has his critics. I don't understand why you would criticise him. I think he's a very, very fine rider, and he's very patient. Gave this horse a beautiful ride, very reminiscent of the ride he gave him at Greatwood. Picked it up, and as soon as he was creeping into contention, and Harry Skelton had committed early. You always felt that uh, Iberica Law was going to get there. And I think he is a horse, for all that he's had a bit of a hike in the weights, he might well still be dangerous going into the spring if they perhaps looked to go up and trip with him. Um, and yet, lots of chocolates and flowers. And it was actually my wedding anniversary yesterday, and I got taken oh. I got taken out to the races at Poe. So, yeah, it's been a good week so far. Oh, brilliant. We love to hear that. What a great, what a romantic you are getting married on Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, it means I only have to book a table once, doesn't it, Jess? <laughs> Anniversary of Valentine's all into one. There's method in that. Well done. And then you don't ever forget it either. Um, but yeah, Nick, uh, Nicky de Boyville was in fine form. And um, I, I suppose that they'll hope that it continue on. It's probably a lesser weekend for the Nicky Henderson team as we sort of edge close to the Cheltenham Festival. There will be more Cheltenham Festival clues this weekend. We've got uh, Ascot. We've got Haydock um, with very heavy ground. We've got Wing Canton as well. We might see... A, uh, a Gold Cup uh, contender throw more of a more weight behind his Gold Cup um, credentials and Lompresse running at Ascot. Um, but I suppose looking through the the race the race cards and what's up, what's on, we've got a load of old favourites. We've also got Goshen, and I suppose um, we talked about great jockeys, and we've just heard the news coming in that uh, Jamie Moore, who's partnered Goshen to success and not so much success, but also has had some fantastic days in the saddles of the likes of Sada Gruji, who would probably be my favourite of all, but he's literally just announced his retirement. A jockey who's been completely riddled with issues and injuries over the last couple of seasons. It's just been one knock after the other for him, but a, an excellent jockey. And I think a man that we've all really enjoyed following on this podcast, but probably as long as he's been race riding. And Ross, you know, we talk about good jockeys and exceptional people as well. And I think Jamie can can leave and hang up his boots with his he head held high, but it's been, must have been a frustrating way to, to bow out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been really unfortunate because he's virtually the perfect size for a jockey. You know, he's, he's short and squat and strong, but it just seems to have been so unfortunate with injuries, as was brother Josh. So I'm sure their mother is absolutely delighted today that she's got her two boys safe and, you know, safe and sound at home and no longer 
risking life and limb. Uh, I suspect he's frustrated to have it end on not his own terms. He was on 968 winners. I'm sure a thousand was sort of a milestone he'd like to have got to, but it shouldn't take away from a from a great career. And he's not a family I know, but certainly a family I enjoy listening to. There is a brilliant piece uh, he did for uh, British Racing with Saida Garushi at home. Now, lots of jockeys like horses that win. Jamie Moore just loves this horse. It's a brilliant thing to watch. It made me quite emotional. Um, so clearly a very, very fine man and a very good rider to boot. Yeah, completely great, um, great words and well said. A, a fabulous racing family. Uh, they'll only have one jockey to follow now, um, and, unless there's the next generation coming through, through and not too bad to to follow and and cheer on Ryan Moore from the sidelines, which I'm sure we'll be doing when we focus on the flat more heavily um, in due course. But uh, yeah, um, uh, bowing out on uh, not on his own terms, but with so much to be proud of is Jamie Moore today. But yeah, so they'll be hoping that Goshen maybe can redeem himself this weekend amongst others because Gary Moore's got quite a few runners this weekend and he's had a great season indeed and he has a runner in uh, the Grand National Trial which we'll be looking at first at 3.15 at Haydock now it's heavy there there is rain around today, recording on Thursday and Friday. I don't know what would take for this meeting be, to be turned, to be called off, but Haydock is a track that does get very, very testing indeed. So it's going to be a real marathon, um, three mile, four and a half furlong for what is, as we know, a Grand National Trial. Ironic, though, that I uh, listed, I, I, I pulled out six horses that actually don't have a Grand National entry um, of the 11. So they're not all necessarily going to be um, running primed into a Grand National itself. Um but we do have um, a lineup that could, that includes Ironbridge, who's at the top of the betting at 92, Famous Bridge at 6 to 1, so both for the, the Hemmings team. The classic chase winner, My Silver Lining, is 6 to 1. Sniper, 6 to 1, is his credo. I will do it 7 to 1, Yeman, 8 to 1, and bigger prices for the rest. So, Tom, a marathon trip in the mud. That's what you love. You love staying handicapped chases. I'm sure that this is one of those races that really whets the appetite. Or is there something in there that you think? You know, this could be quite a good contest this time this time around. Yeah, for anyone that hasn't watched this podcast before, I prefer six furlong sprints. So this definitely <laughs> is not in my realm. Uh, I think the going stick reading currently at Haydock is 3.5 on the chase track. And as you say, there's further rain uh, anticipated. So it's going to be a proper slog. There won't be many finishes. If you are betting at Haydock this Saturday, then make sure you're following horses with proven soft ground form, or at least with an unknown factor where you believe they can handle the conditions because it's going to play a huge part in the results. Um, generally in a race like this, and the next race that we're going to cover, the Swindley Chase, you want a horse at a decent price because these wide open handicap kind of contests between older staying chasers, if you ran this race 10 times, you'd probably get six or seven different winners. It's very wide open. The handicapper knows exactly where they stand with all of these horses. That's the general rule of thumb. However, I think in this Grand National try, there really is an anomaly, uh, and that anom anomaly is Iron Bridge. I think he's the clear standout in here. And the 9-2 to two you said is currently available, I think it's a very good price. I think it should be 3-1, to 11-4, and actually I think that's the, the SP uh, for this horse. I think he'll go off around that price. I know he currently has an entry at Ascot as well, for which he was shortened this morning, but I'm 95% sure he's going to go to the Grand National trial. I had an interview with John Joe O'Neill Jr., um, earlier this week, Wednesday, in fact, and he said that Haydock was the plan. So unless Haydock gets called off, he's going to be going there. So you can scrap mm -hmm. that uh, engagement at Ascot. Uh, just to talk about the horse, he's an eight-year-old. He's got far fewer miles on the clock than virtually every horse in this race. And he comes into the race on the back of a very good second in the Welsh National. Now, I know he was beaten a long way 
by Nasalan, but that horse just put in a monster display and basically freaked out that day. It was a, a real blip in Nasalan's career progression. And that's not to say it was a, a fluke, but the margin, I think, was a, a little bit flattering for the winner. Ironbridge finished tired. There is that to consider, but he's coming off a little bit of a freshening. I think he's going to be ready to go. And this is only his third run of the season. You know, he's been meticulously planned throughout the course of this year because they are aiming to the Grand National. I don't know if he has a national entry, uh, but I think he, he's going to get one if not. And also, he needs to win this race to get into the National. He's rated 140. He won't get in otherwise. So the plan will be to come here, win this race, go to Aintree, I'm sure. These conditions, he wants it. He's very unexposed over the trip. He's had just one start in excess of three miles, aside from a walkover, which doesn't count. And that was in the Welsh National when he was second. So there's a huge room for improvement there for him. He's a good jumper, a good jumper as well. And his team, John Joy Neil, is flying, flying. So where's the negative with Iron Bridge? The price is good. I, I can't see it. Yeah, you're right. He's horse 50 at the moment. And as we know, um, the... Uh... The number of runners in the in the national has has is, is lessened, so he does need to go up um, considerably in the handicap if he was to win this. But as you say, Ironbridge has got the entry, and with the Hemming Silk so well associated with the Grand National, you think that this is it. And Famous Bridge being in there as well, they're happy to take each other on uh, the, the ownership. And yeah, he for all the for everything you've said, and with a nice weight racing weight as well of eleven five. John Joe Neal Jr. probably had the, the option of, of getting on some nice horses at Ascot as well for, for his dad, but he's stuck to his guns here. So I think what he what he's done coming into this, and I do like, I have to say, that freshening up because this is going to be hard work. And Ross, we, we see horses in this race that have probably come into this, A, not as fresh. A lot of them were in that uh, classic chase with my silver lining. That would have been a, a pretty hard race. And essentially... The ground has been like this for the last couple of months. No, no horse really will be as fresh as as Ironbridge coming into it. No, I mean, I, I think TC did well to get it down to six or seven. I opened this up and and really thank George for pulling this one up as a race to look at because I think it's really, really competitive and pretty hard to pick through. The first thing I want to say is Famous Bridge is definitely better than his run in the in the Great Yorkshire last time. The ground was just too quick. It it messed up his jumping. He's by fame and glory, and they're not the most naturally scopy jumpers of offence. When the ground is soft, he's able to pop away a little bit more at a slower pace, and it suits him well. I think you see a better performance here. But if you like him, you've got to look at Credo, who's £8 better off when they met couple of runs ago at Haydock for a one-length beating. It looked like Famous Bridge had improved past him again uh, and beat him further last time. But he is uh, £5 better off for you know finishing third last time, beating about six lengths, so he should get closer. And I think this step-up trip will suit him. I see the angle on Iron Bridge. Um, and given that he was one of the very few to finish in the Welsh National, it's maybe odd that I just have this slight concern over whether he truly stayed. I mean, he finished very, very tired, but he was obviously less tired than everything else that pulled up. But there was just something about it that didn't quite sit with me watching it back. Last year, Iron Bridge was a horse I was very excited to see over staying trips this year so I might well have got that wrong not to give him a second chance so I came down on two the first is Snipe who I think has been winning at trips that are going to prove to be short of his best um, he clearly likes testing ground as he showed when he won at entry over three miles on Boxing Day remember on that occasion he had uh, entries at uh, entry and at Sedgefield over this trip of three mile four Dan Skelton and his team have 
assistant trainers are very good at, at keeping horses at their minimum trip until they feel the handicap markers has caught up. And I think the fact they went to entry and were able to win over three miles suggests they felt there was still more to come. I'm sure this horse is going to improve for a step up in trip. Tristan Dole takes three pound off. He's been a rider that I've been a little bit cool on, particularly over fences. But I had to concede that I needed to revise that when he rode phlegmatic at Ascot about a month ago. He was very, very good on that horse. Looks like he's improving, as young riders are entitled to do. So for £3, takes uh, Snipes' racing weight down to a nice rate. He's around about 6-1. to one. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off. If TC thinks I am Bridgewell's favourite, I wouldn't be surprised if Snipe was, was pretty close to him in, in the market. And then just one that I undenied whether to throw in, but I just, for some reason, can't shake him. His fullback for Gary Moore. He was off a very long time, I think about 400 days before falling quite early on at Lingfield last time, which wouldn't have been ideal. That was in the Fleur de Lise. That was clearly a, a run to, for something coming later to get him a bit fitter. But he's now £2 below his last winning mark, which came at Cheltenham, over three mile two on soft ground. From there, he went to the Portman Cup, which run at Taunton over three mile four. Finished second behind Yala Enki. Was was company second best, but the ground was pretty lively there. And Yala Enki was a really good horse around Taunton in that race. I think he won the Portman Cup certainly twice. Might even have been three times. Um, and crucially for fullback, all of his four wins in his career have come on soft ground. Good to soft ground or good ground just doesn't seem to his best effect. He's around about a 20 to 1 shot. I certainly want to have him on side at an each way price. Albeit he might just lack for a bit of race fitness having departed early last time yeah okay well he's the outsider of them all at present so 20 to 1 you can get for a race which as both tc and ross have said is a good renewal that you know it's grand national trial of course but it's just a very uh, decent staying handicap chase with horses you know we i just get your thoughts on this ross i know we we look at the grand national we've got half a field irish runners but we do have good quality staying chases around it's just that for whatever reason, there's more Nassalams of such in Ireland. Obviously, we don't have Nassalam in here, but he's the top rated going into the Grand National. But there's just a there's a heftier amount of this type of horse in Ireland. But it it kind of reminds me, it gives me a little bit more confidence of the the level of horses that we we do have at this grade. Yeah, I, I, we'll get onto it come Cheltenham, but I'm not certain that. Like everyone is saying, that the gap is widening between the UK mm. and Ireland. I, I, I just am not convinced by it. I think the Irish definitely have an advantage because the Irish point-to-point -point scene is seen as being superior to the UK point-to-point -point scene. And the stats would probably bear that out. So, of course, if you're a trainer in Ireland, you do have home advantage in hearing the word on the, the grapevine for the point-to-point the -point before it's run. Okay. So the best horses stay in Ireland and point-to-point -point horses tend to be bred from stout national hunt stock they tend to be stayers so i think you do see that that the, the pool mushrooms towards the three miles in ireland versus the uk but um don't let anyone tell you that, that that the irish are better trainers they just seem to have better material to work with at the moment but it will everything is cyclical it will come back and i think there are some decent handicap staying chases in the uk for certain yeah and you just got to credit the likes of the, the hemmings family who Bought both Iron Bridge and Famous Bridge as stores. My silver lining is a homebred. I will do it as a homebred. Horses that have been nurtured or, or raised essentially from the ground up here. So, you know, you just need to have the, your patience with it and sort of think outside the box a little bit. But that's, a, you know, we could go into that story going on on a while. But 
as we said, the the overarching feeling is that this is a good this is a good race, and we've got some good horses at this level. Albeit Gavin Cromwell's taken one over to try and uh, to try and show us how how good his um, horse is in comparison to ours. But for me, I'm sticking with an old favourite. With I will do it. I love this horse. I've got no qualms of of, of saying how much I do. He is an 11 year old now. He he is top rated with 149, but. He has Dylan Johnson back on, who is um, riding out of his skin over the last couple of months. He gave this horse a, a good ride when he was third in the Welsh National. He was a seven-pound claimer now, uh, then. He was a five-pound claimer now. He had a treble at Leicester earlier this, this month. And I've just been really impressed with how well he's he's done filling the shoes of Sean Bowen uh, when he was out as he rides regularly for Ollie Murth. Murphy, um, who he's been based with um, for, since he's been over here. But look, I will do it. Still had plenty of weight for this race, despite five pounds off. But he will love the ground. He will absolutely love every inch of that mud that they will face. Um, Sam Thomas says that the, the, the more the, of that, the better. Now, this might just be his national. He's not entered in it. Uh, I don't know how many races he might find with this kind of ground so potentially this is what they want to sort of you know see him uh, you know they might have him perfectly cherry ripe for this whereas some horses might be having longer term targets from the springtime so i think i will do it um a horse of his quality at this stage you know he might not be doing a huge amount more racing next season i don't know so i think that this might be really whether we're hoping to see him at his best so i will do it for me um and then just, I couldn't leave off my silver lining. I don't think anyone would begrudge the story to not continue, really. James Best, um, Emma Lavelle and Celia Jovanovic, who um, is James Best's uh, uh, mother-in-law. But, you know, putting all the romanticism aside, this is a mare who's been nothing short of faultless this season. She's been in the placings all year. She was a, a fantastic winner of the Classic Chase. She's been given a £5 rise, which is fair without being excessive. I think Gala de la and behind is a fair yardstick. I think it was a very good renewal of it. And plenty of the horses that are in this Grand National trial uh, will be um, were behind her last time. She just will have to see if she how she'll cope with very testing going conditions because she's only really been seen at, at the worst on soft. Um, but I think con considering she's a mare on the rise, I like um, I like to see that my silver lining continue on. So two former classic chase winners for me in the Grand National trial um, Saturday at Haydock. Let's hope it's on, as we said, as uh, we, we know that Ironbridge has got is doubly entered because Ascot will be on. Ascot has got good to soft ground as it stands. And that's where we're going to go on to next, the Swinley Handicap Chase as uh, Ironbridge is in this. It's a second preference just in case there's any issues at uh, hey Doc, but it's a shorter trip, got three miles, got three under through five in here. Sort of an old favourite now, always pitches up in these races, but finds it a bit difficult to win. Harry Cobden, Paul Nichols teaming up. Victorino back to the scene of where he was uh, a winner uh, twice last year uh, for Charlie Deutsch and Vinnie Williams. Iron Bridge, as I said, unlikely he goes here. Uh, Shan Blue, Revels Hill, do your job. A new, a new trainer now was with Lucinda Russell, now with Charlie Longston. So, um, very much a similar sort of offering, TC, in terms of races. We've got slightly shorter, slightly um, better ground, but similar kind of ilk of, of horses um, in quite a competitive race. Yes. Uh, again, I would preface this by saying you generally want to find a price, etc., because it's a similar kind of race. However, unlike the national trial, I have no strong opinion here. Uh, I think it's key to put that up because uh, any watcher could see tip, tip, tip and expect them all to be the same confidence they're not. 
I really like Ironbridge. I don't really like anything in this race. However, for the podcast purposes, I'll put up Shan Blue as my selection. Uh, he was an exceptional novice chaser back in 2020 and 2021. He proved himself at the top level when he won the Quarto Star uh, at Kempton on Boxing Day in 2020, I believe. Uh, it just hasn't happened for him in the last two years. Hasn't had many runs, encountered some issues. He's probably not the same horse that he was. But the handicapper has relented and he's dropped right down the uh, the weights uh, as a result. There were signs last time, I thought, in first-time cheat pieces that he retains at least some of the ability, that the fire still burns a little bit in his stomach and that he could easily bounce back and become a winner again. So I'm going to take the basis that he's now stepping up in, tri- uh, up in trip to the trip that he wants, off a nice mark. The Chamblou is probably the player around 7, 8 to 1, whatever price he is uh, at the time of recording. But I won't be having a bet in the race, Jess. Okay, uh, yeah, he had those first time cheat pieces last time definitely seemed to have benefited him because there was running like something was severely wrong with him um, the last two times, and it just they've they've had to work out something because clearly a, a very talented horse. So Shamblu is a bit of a joker in the pack here. Um, we can give you eleven to two. Wouldn't want anything shorter than that, I'd imagine, for that horse TC. No, I mean, even that wouldn't exactly tempt me in. You know, that's probably why I'm not having a bet in the race. If he was 10 to 1, I would be having a bet on him. But I still think it's a fair price, given what he's achieved in the past. And this race, it's not that deep. I know you can make a case of plenty. Mm. But if Shamblu retains anything like his ability when he won the Corto Star, he will win off this weight. So he has to be the player, a reasonable price for me. Okay, TC, not with a huge feeling towards one or the other, but um, we'll give you Sham Blue. Um, so slightly not overly enamoured with the race in terms of a selection. Ross, do you have a, a confident selection here? Is it a race that you're getting excited for? No, TC summed up beautifully when you went to him and you went, yes, and sort of drew it out. You know, <laughs> that, that that sums it up beautifully. It's, it's a muddle of a race, isn't it? Um, I mean, Victorino seems to have captured everyone's imagination and I'm not quite sure I don't think he seems to have a huge amount in hand on his mark he was comfortably beaten last time I know that was back in trip and three miles will see him better but I think the ground's going to ride good enough at Ascot I didn't see much rain in their forecast and they're good to soft now so it's I think it'll be decent ground not sure that's going to suit suit him three under through five um, you know came there swinging in the badger beers I'm not sure if anyone on the podcast put him up, but he certainly should have won and didn't go through with it. I know you did, TC. Uh, that's why I mentioned it. Um, you know, he just doesn't like to get his head in front, does he? He could well run a big race and finish mm-hmm. second, beaten half a length. Chamblou, I see TC's angle, but he's very hard to trust. Other cheap pieces can do the same thing again. Revels Hill, I think, wants softer ground. Do your job is interesting if he stays, but he struggles with his breathing. Not so sure. Larry loves the ground and the track, but he's a bit of a in and out sort of horse. So the one I came down on, I've got a question to answer, but it's torn and frayed. He's a decent price. Um, he'll love this ground. He's just a pound above his last winning mark, which came at Cheltenham over two mile four. And he stayed very strongly there. So I'm hopeful, not confident, but hopeful he'll stay this trip. He does need to find a rhythm early because his jumping can be, you can either jump beautifully or you can jump very moderately. If he gets into a rhythm early with uh, Sam Twiston Davis, I think he's got a good chance. Um, like I say, it's the ground angle and the fact that he's just a pound above a winning mark might find a bit of improvement for going up in this trip um, against a, a field of horses that I have problems with all of them. Okay, yeah, look, a process of elimination, it seems. And I wasn't too dissimilar to you. You actually mentioned 
um, one of mine, Revels Hill, that you think will just want softer ground. And that would be my sticking point. But I think as we've, as both you and TC have, have said, they've all got their limitations. Revels Hill is at, again, we've all said it, at a price for me. And um, he is, as I see it, eight to one, uh, torn and frayed by what it's worth is the biggest price of all of our selections at 16 to one. So I suppose um, you, you wouldn't, you're not going to do uh, yourself any disfavours by by having a little saver on that. But Revels Hill's eight to one. Now this is a, a horse that was progressive last year. He's, I read that he had a setback from the Norfolk Feely Racing Syndicate's website uh, has been on the walker for three months so I wouldn't have thought it was anything too serious but it was enough to keep him off so he he starts the season really fresh 294 days off last seen finishing third behind uh, Kitty's Light in that uh, Bet365 Gold Cup at Sandown um, but was really just he just was a solid horse last year he was third in this I think he needs a trip. I think he is could be a Grand National horse, which he's entered in. Um, but they want to start him here um, to give him a, a good, essentially a good pipe opener on a track that they know he's run well at. And uh, I think, as I said, he probably will be the one staying on. So I'd like to hope that there's a solid enough test on, yeah, it's not soft enough ground for me, for me to be massively confident. But three under through five, I've really failed to find a lot of horses liking to go on in here. But it could be three under through five, who Harry Cobden might just take the ball by the horns and try and see if he can win it out in front. But as we know, he likes to throw things away a little bit. So that will do no harm for Rebels Hill. So that's my selection. And what we know is pretty sort of windy enough. Uh, su- suggestions from us but we'll I'm sure we'll find something in our Napa next best but thanks for TC and Ross uh, we've got Chamblou, Revels Hill and Torn and Frayed so we'll go into the next Naps and next best there's a lot of racing on this weekend for maybe not a, a vintage day in terms of w- what we can see but having said that you know there is the Ascot Chase there is the return of Lompresse uh, interesting that they decided to come here after the fleur de lis. Um, what they need to prove, I'm not too sure, but essentially they obviously think that he needs a bit more more running to get him into the Gold Cup in pitch perfect form. We've got Wincanton, they host the Kingwell Hurdle. Hader also has the Rendlesham, which is sort of a bit of a stairs hurdle trial. Um, and we've got racing um, throughout uh, on the all weather as well. So, TC, over to you first. Uh, your Edward Stone was. I think your nap last week, if I'm if I'm not too mistaken. Yeah, nap nap one. So, what's your winning nap for us this week? Well, I'm sure now that you've listed two all weather tracks that are racing on Saturday, people are expecting an all weather tip. That's not the case. People are now expecting Ascot, but no, in a rare turn of events, Jess, I'm going to Goran Park, and this is because everyone in the comments always says, "Oh, no tip from Ireland this week." Well, here you go. Here's the tip from Ireland: the art, the art in the 252 at Goran Park. He's my nap of the week. Uh, I don't expect him to be too much of a price. Obviously, there's no market formed at the time of recording at 1pm on Thursday, but I anticipate he'll be favourite. Maybe something around 74 will be quite nice, but this is a horse that's going to get punted before the off, maybe as soon as the market goes live. So keep an eye out in the 252 at Gore. And if you do uh, want to follow me in here on the art, the art, Tom Cooper's charge ran in two bumpers, one first time up under Patrick Mullins very impressively. Then went to Cheltenham for the champion bumper, finished 18th just wasn't capable of performing with the best bumper horses last year. Came back over hurdles, shaped really nicely on the comeback, actually, um, when I think it was a nace and he finished second that day. And then readily got off the mark at Cork last month in emphatic style, beating another of Willie Mullins' runners that day, uh, who hasn't gone on to win, but has placed since behind a horse called Bioluminescence, who's quite talented. Last time out, the art, the art was well punted in the market. 
made a terrible mistake, like a bone-shuddering mistake uh, when travelling really well and somehow managed to, after losing all of his momentum and dropping back to fourth or fifth, regain the stride and get up for second behind a runaway winner who was very good and is now rated in the 130s. He now steps up in trip, which definitely helps. I'm sure he has the talent to be a 135, 140 horse in time. He's running off 121. Uh, so on that basis, the art DR in the 252 at Goran has to be a, a good selection if he jumps well, which fingers crossed he will. The next best is in England, uh, and it's a Haydock in the 350, a horse called Cuthbert Dibble. Uh, Nigel Twiston Davis's run has quickly developed into a nice tight. He had a fair few runs last year. Should have ended the season, in my opinion, with three back-to-back-to-back successes. Now, he won two of them, uh, Leicester and then at Foss Last. But in the middle, sandwiched in between them, was an EBF final fifth behind Crambo. To suggest that he should have beaten Crambo, who has now obviously developed into a leading stage hurdle contender, uh, is maybe a bit foolish on my behalf. But I think he's shaped very well in the race. And actually, if he was ridden closer to the speed, he might have beaten Crambo that yeah. day, despite being 10 or so lengths behind. He returned to the track with a decisive victory at Chepstow just a few weeks ago. It was a very um, impressive run. Barely came off the bridle and stretched clear on heavy ground. So he should handle the conditions at Haydock. I know he's top weight with 12 stone, but Finn Lambert's riding, taking off the five pounds. And again, I think he's a very well-handicapped horse running off the mark of 133 with the potential to improve a great deal up to 140 plus. So Cuthbert Dibble in the 350 at Haydock is my next best. Yeah, I've followed those through, um, Tom. I will be because DRDR, one of the 20, I think it was, uh, subsequent winners of the champion bumper. The only horse that hasn't come out and won is the uh, the winner itself, a dream share, ironically. But uh, that was um, that's an interesting case. And we love our Irish racing. Don't forget that. We'll be focusing on plenty of it, especially when we come to the Cheltenham Festival, as we have to. And Cuthbert Dibble, yeah, I think I... I think I might have even put him up for that at EBF final at um, Sandown last year. And I was pearling my hair out watching Sam Twiston Davis smuggle them at the back and had so much work to do. And I think he did have his time again. As you say, he wouldn't have been let him have so much, um, let the, the field of so much rope out in front. But I think they've, they're plotting something as they haven't had him out a huge amount, have they, this season? So interesting to see how he gets on. So Cuthbert Dibble um, and DRT Art for TC. Naps are next best for you, Ross. What have you got for us? Well, first of all, I just throw a third bit of weight behind Cuthbert Dibble. Um, I think TC's spot on. He is well handicapped. And I know that if you ask Sam Twiston Davis if you could have one ride from last season back, mm. it would be that ride in the EBF final. So I think there's definitely weight to TC's argument there. I came very close to putting Pictori up against Lompresse. Lompresse going right-handed at Ascot on quicker ground over a shorter trip. Um, I I just am not convinced that that's the the best way to go with him. But I have resisted and I've gone to Haydock for my nap, which is Botox has. Um, This horse likes soft, heavy ground and a flat track, like Weatherby, like Haydock. He gets that here. This is going to suit him really really well um i think the ground at cheltenham last time was far too lively for him sounds russian is the only danger i can see on the ratings but he is i think coming but well i don't think he's definitely coming back off a long layoff i think this is a sighter for something into the spring probably over fences i think said night round about nine to four looks like a really good price for botox has caitlin quinn gets on great with him so that's in the 240 at haydock and then the next best is rare edition for Charlie Longston, Harry Cobden retaining the ride. 
been dying to see him over this trip. He was perhaps a bit buzzy early on in his novice career, which is why they kept him at two miles. He won uh, over two miles last time. I think you can upgrade that performance because he landed on his hind legs, but a pretty bad mistake, two out. Lost a lot of momentum, got back rolling and uh, got up to beat Arkub going away at the line. He's up just £3 for that. He was 136. He's now 139. I think this step up in trip, Harry Cobden retaining the ride. Always feel like he's a rider that when he gets to know horses, he finds improvement in them. Um, I think Rare Edition is a good looking horse in the 225 at Ascot. Okay, yes. And sounds Russian for what it's worth. I had listened to an interview with Ruth Jefferson talking about how that when he was brought down in the Gold Cup, he, he had an injury to his knee. He had to get some chips taken out, some issue with ligaments. It didn't sound very nice at all. And the recommendation by the vet was to go hurdling first, see how that would go before opting to go chasing because obviously he's rated what 160 over fences so he's 10 pounds better off um although you know we're in a grade two but a seriously good horse so let's hope that sounds russian can get back um into uh, his groove in in the rendlesham interesting race that but yeah botox has um the case that you made about the ground and cheltenham is similar to where i'm going with my uh, nap which comes also at haydock um isaac desabeau for paul nichols briny frost is on board obviously um harry cobden um elsewhere but Bryony, um, given a it's, it's a good opportunity here for Bryony and Isaac Desobo, a horse that was third to Gidley Park, a horse that TC and Ross know very, very well, um, a friend of this podcast, and clearly a, a very useful sort indeed who won at Cheltenham. And I don't think Isaac Desobo, um, I don't think he disappointed at all that day, um, being beaten six tenths by a horse of that nature on ground that would have been uh, good enough for him. He was a winner at Chepstow on heavy ground. He's a big chaser in the making, really. Uh, he's related to the Clanders of Bow and the likes. And I think that whatever he does now, obviously a bonus, as we like to say, but he's a horse that will have definitely have his preferred ground. It's a weaker race than it was at Cheltenham. And I think that he um, has a, an excellent chance in that 425 of the three mile half the furlong, which should be his absolute optimum. And then my next best, um, I've gone to uh, Wincanton for another Paul Nichols runner. Uh, this is Rubo. Uh, Lorcan Williams is on board and uh, in the Kingwell hurdle. Not a deeply inspiring race. Obviously got Goshen in there for the Moors and you know, it just goes to prove that the limitations of our um, our sort of our champion hurdle division minus Constitution Hill. But Rubo loves it around Wincanton. He was a winner here uh, at the beginning of the season on similar ground. He had to chase home and see the backside of Constitution Hill last time. Didn't do him. There was no. There's nothing wrong with him coming behind Lossy Mouth, eleven legs behind Lossy Mouth at Cheltenham on a track that's probably a little bit too stiff for him at the tail end of the race. So Rubo, I think, will get back to winning ways at Wincanton in the Kingwell Hurdle on Saturday. So that's it. Naps next best for a lot to look forward to. Very interested what, what Ross has said about potentially taking Long Presse on with Pick Dory. So we'll be back next week to review all of that and more. Um, a reminder that all new SBK users get £30 in free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. Head to SBK for lots of other offers. One of them this weekend is that you can double your winnings on any horse in any race on Saturday. So that's for new and existing customers. You opt in and get a 100% winnings boost on any horse in any race. We've given you plenty of food for thought, so there should be no excuses at all. So hopefully we'll be back next week to um, celebrate some winners. Make sure to visit the SBK app to opt in and obviously T's and C's apply. So without further ado, thank you to Ross, thank you to TC, and we'll see you next week. 